Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which talks to Christian leaders about the topics that really matter. I'm Andy Peck. It's estimated that most of us will change jobs at least six times in our working life. It may be that the job you're in now won't be the same as the one when you retire. But if you're a Christian leader, there are a number of dimensions to consider when thinking of moving. If it becomes known that you're attending an interview, your church, charity or business can be unnecessarily unsettled and your leadership undermined if people sense you're likely to be leaving soon. Well, to talk about leaders changing jobs, I'm joined by Paul Lindsay, who is head of Christian Vocations, a charity which aims to help people of all ages to use their gifts and passions to serve God. So welcome, Paul, to Leadership Farm. Thank you. Good to, good to be able to talk to you about this this key area um, for many Christian leaders. Um, and I, I, sus- I suspect that everything we say about moving on is to some extent coloured by our view of how God guides. Some believe God will make the next move clear, so it's end of story. Uh, you've worked with hundreds of leaders who've changed jobs, some moving into completely different ministries. What kind of beliefs do you encounter when it comes to God's role in the whole process? Well, as you say, Andy, uh, there's a whole spectrum um, within people's belief views in terms of God's guidance, you know, from the point of view, I've got God-given common sense, so I'll work it out. Um, you know, some are, some are perhaps driven, even these days within the Christian ministry context, by a career move. Some are call center driven. In other words, they feel there's a call that they need to uh, follow and pursue. Others have that need center drive. Uh, I, I need this for my own sake. Um, that sounds very selfish, but that is not always the case. But there's an element in there. And then the other end is, um, you know, God's going to call me and God's going to open the door, so I'll wait for him. And there's a spectrum in between. I'll work it out with God. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to to say which one is the, the most biblically based process because each each of them have different approaches you know when we look at the whole issue of guidance you know when the uh, apostles lost judas you know they prayed and then they cast lots so you know is that how we choose a new job um, others wait for that specific call like abraham's and, and so forth in the old testament so each there are a whole range of things the whole spectrum of things and uh, provided that God's in the center of it all, and it's not all about ourselves, then it's a very positive way forward, and each person has a different approach. Sure. And, and the assumption is that the Lord will kind of work with where we're at. Yeah, I, I think there's it, it, a foundational belief that God has purposes for us, um, and, and we're seeking to work them out in our lives, in, in the work and ministry, in our, our home lives, our social lives, our church lives, and in terms of work and service and ministry, you know, whether it's leading a church or involved with a Christian ministry or involved in, you know, commercial industry, as Christians, we believe that there's a purpose for our lives and we're seeking to follow that through with what we do. So how did you come to be at uh, Christian Vocations, Paul? Ah, how long is the program? No, <laughs> it's uh, quite interesting. I, uh, I, I began work, my work life as a civil servant and I really felt a sense of call to leave that to train for Christian ministry. I won't go into that whole era of what the call was, but it's quite interesting. For a number of years, I mean, I trained, and I for a number of years I worked in, in a Bible college at Mullins College, and I was I thoroughly enjoyed that work. But I remember a particular time when I I began to move out of the work and actually work with some of the national Christian events where I served both the college I represented, but also others, and I began to have that 
growing involvement with people and their development in their their personal lives and service lives. And on one occasion, this doesn't always happen to me, I'm not the sort of person, I remember I was at a meeting prepared to work to help others, and I had a, a vision from God, um, and it was, it, it was showing me what I was going to be doing in the future. I, I, I really struggled with that, Andy, I must admit, I couldn't understand it, but it took me three or four years to understand what that really meant in reality. I ended up at Christian Vocations, you know, in this whole role of, of helping people explore and move on in their Christian lives. So for me, it was a, a process of, of prayerful consideration. Yes, I did have a real sense of a call from God, which I had to test and prove it um, in, in different ways. And I could talk about that if you wanted. But it was something where there was also a progression in my ministry, my gifting. There was a proving of my skill set, which others verified. Um, and a vision and a sense that has kept me going through 20-odd years with uh, Christian vocations, pursuing that, that, that sense of call that I believe God gave me. Well, that's, that's a lovely story. Um, and I guess the, the challenge for you has been to, um, to know which parts of that story are, are useful to share and which parts are very individual to, to you, I guess. Yes, it is. Um, and it's interesting, in so many of our lives, you probably appreciate that God allows us to go through experiences that somehow we, we, we find a sort of affinity to other folk at some point and say, well, actually, I know exactly how you feel because this is what happened to me. And sometimes sharing your own story of how God guides you helps other people in their reflection. Not that everyone has the same. I've got to be very clear on that one. Um, and there have been times in my own walk with God, my own work within Christian ministry, where I said, is it time to move? Is it time to change? Have I completed the task? And I've spent time to refle- I'm reflecting with, my, with myself, with the Spirit of God and His Word, with other people on a practical basis. And on several times, I've come back and said, no, I'm not finished. I, God wants me to continue on, I believe, in what I'm doing. Um, you know, there are times when it's been shifting, but each time it's good to reflect, is that sense of call and drive and direction and work still the same? So, yeah, it, different, different elements of my own testimony come to play in what I'm sharing with others and learning from their experiences, too. Sure. When, when you think about the leaders who've come to you to ask for advice, is, is there a, a kind of typical kind of advice they ask for? Is, it, is there a range of things? Again, I think it's a range of things depending on where they are in their lives and in their work. Um, you know, if people are already in some leadership role, and there are a whole range of leadership roles, of course, um, often the questions that they would be wanting to explore with me is, who could now use me? What what has my experience prepared me for? Um, you know, how can I transfer skills from one particular aspect into another particular role, and and, and so on. And I think um, one of the things you know, most people are in a positive way. Some people actually are in leadership, have a sense of fear. I've gone so far, can I go further? Or um, you know, I don't want to lose the level at which I've reached in my Christian ministry by transferring to another discipline, if I dare say that. Does that make sense? So yeah, no, sure. Yeah. A, there is a range of, yeah. of questions people ask, but it's always a case of reflection. If it's time to move now, where am I going? What is God saying? How do I apply the past to the future or the present to the future and so on? Sure. Uh, now, um, some use um, psychometric tests. Uh, yes. I know if you think they should play a role, and, and if, if there are any particular advocate, or maybe you're a bit sceptical about psychometric tests. No, I think psychometric tests are, are very helpful. All it is doing is 
helping you to reflect upon who you are, what your gifts are. So whether it's psychometric tests like the Myers-Briggs, um, which is a well-known process or uh, testing, which looks at personality, it helps you understand why you act the way you do, why you think, why you respond, how you relate to, to life, to people, to work. And I think that's that's helpful. There are psychometric tests on your leadership style because leaders have different styles and some styles may be appropriate to certain roles and, and, and others. Um, your, how you relationship with other people, how you work with other people in a in a work environment, as well as you know psychometric tests about your gifting and abilities and so on. I think they they should and could play a part, but should not dominate because you know sometimes when we say well we look at ourselves and we make a, can I say a, a logical or um, you know and. A, Sorry, the wrong word, but a logical conclusion to our discussion, this is what I should be doing. Sometimes God throws in a curveball, it seems, and actually moves us into new areas. Psychometric tests are good. I would uh, be very skeptical about organizations appointing people just on the basis of uh, psychometric testing, but they're helpful for insights, uh, often more for the individual than perhaps the uh, potential employers, but Again, most most useful in different uh, in different areas. So I, I'm not saying don't use them. I'm saying use them, but use them wisely and carefully. Okay, well, thank you. Um, now, in the introduction, I mentioned it. If a leader is looking to move on, it can have big ramifications on the church or charity mm-hmm. or the organisation. Yeah. Do you think, therefore, it's wise to do it secretly? Ah, interesting question. Well, I think someone will notice if a leader moves on. No, that's... Uh, no, no, in, in terms of conversations, uh, yeah, the interviews... I know, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I think um, there are there are pros and cons. It, 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 it depends, can I defy, uh, raise the question, what we mean by secretly. I think what you mean is saying is do it without, um, you know, uh, publicising it widely to create unrest. I think that's uh, a very wise approach. Um, I think of... You know, as I'm talking some biblical models um, where there is succession in leadership. So, for example, when Moses passed on the leadership of the Hebrew people to Joshua and Elisha took over from Elijah, there was a stability in the, the process of succession leadership, which is important for the organization or the church that uh, is looking where the leadership will be, be moving on. For the individual... Um, it's important, I think, that they actually work through the process wisely and carefully for their own ministry and for the, the uh, organization or church they may be moving away from and moving to. They have a duty of care for the, the, the organization they're working with or the church they're leading at this point in time. Um, so it is there is, while I understand the necess- necessity at times to be circumspected discussion, to not to create instability, uh, I am an advocate for you know transparency in the process involved. Um, leaving well, finishing well is very important to the individual and the organisation. So you know if there is that sense, is it time to move on? I would be encouraging people to find confidants who would give them wise counsel, but without spreading the news to create unsettlement, um, but also being being faithful to the contract if that is the case. Uh, to the current uh, church or organisation they're working with. Paul, that sounds really, really helpful, so thank you. While you're listening to Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck, I'm joined this week by Paul Lindsay. He's the head of Christian Vocations. We're talking about a time when the leaders move on. We'll be back just after this.
Welcome back to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Paul Lindsay. Paul is the head of Christian Vocations, a charity which aims to help people of all ages use their gifts and passions to serve God. We're talking this week about um, moving on, the um, the whole process of, uh, of, a, of a Christian leader particularly, um, being maybe sensing either God's moving them or they're, they're personally unsettled, and the kind of process of moving on and some of the, uh, the, the dimensions of that. Um, I've seen, um, Paul, the observers of recruitment, some of these kind of recruitment experts, talking in terms of um, the kind of areas of, of competence, what I'm best at, the need, you know, what drives my economic engine, passion, what I'm passionate about. And, and they would say, well, where these three meet is the ideal kind of role for you. Is, I'm just wondering if you see things in those kind of terms. Yes, sort of. Uh, I, I understand that. And there are Again, I suppose slightly different models of how you view this depending on uh, where you're coming from. I mean, um, for example, um, I would often speak, or, or when I'm referring to organizations or individuals, be looking at the character of the individual, the competence, which is one of the, the terms you referred to, yeah. um, but also use the word calling. Mm. And now that calling is perhaps not used as much as it used to be a generation or so ago. Um, and I could add, actually add another scene I'm thinking about, capacity, yeah. because each person has a different capacity for work, um, depending on what's involved. So, But in, in, in the Christian context, character, and uh, uh, you know the, the, their personal character, as well as their sense of calling, in other words, is God in this, and is the, the gifting of God, um, is, is very fundamental and foundational to, to what we're about. Um, but going back to the model you, you described is actually where these elements come together to say yes that is the ideal role that is that but again it's something i said i think earlier on in, in our discussion that sometimes god throws a curveball in and i see you know i'm thinking of one or two organizations i have or am working with now we you know organizations may put down their ideal job description the ideal person spec you know, and at times I remember talking to someone just a couple of months ago and said, "Well, I'm not sure if Jesus could fulfil this particular criteria because they're looking for that that perfect person where the competency and the the the, the character and the calling all come together." Uh, and sometimes God brings in people from a different perspective, and I think both organisations and individuals need to be prepared for. Well, these days we use things like wiggle room, and we say, you know, that actually God can overrule in certain areas. Uh, so I don't know if I answered that question, but uh, you know I think the whole area of just weighing things up is very important. I mean, something else I can say, sorry, Andy, to, mm. that you raised the issue about that need uh, you said about that drives the economic engine. Um, you know, it's economics is not always a factor. I am concerned at times in the last decade that I've seen it become a more of a, of a factor in the wrong way, in the sense that unless this is, you know, I'm kept up to my standard of living. I will not pursue this particular course um, or ministry, which I find quite disturbing when it becomes, it overrides in one sense the whole area of God's call or the character of the competence. Um, so, but I don't often find that, and I, but, but there is an element there that we've actually, I think, taken on board, can I say, the uh, career ladder perspective that there is out there in the non-Christian world. Um, maybe that's uh, over scaring, but uh, I am concerned on that particular factor. Sure, and and you know we one can observe how you know, classically church leaders go from a smaller church to a larger church, you know, and, and theor- 
potentially that means maybe larger salary, not always, of course. Yes. You know, and, yes. and that seems to be the role when actually there's no reason why someone might stay in smaller churches or because they're suited that way or they may go in the other direction. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I, you know, I think there's, there's, you know, there's one size doesn't fit all. Um, and, uh, you know, there are, there are elements within any role um, that need to be weighed up and considered in, in, in any move from any individual or any appointment of any individual um, from the organization side. Well, let's, um, let's talk for a minute about those who are trying to transition out of the work they're doing. So maybe they're a pastor who no longer wants to lead a church. They're a charity CEO who's looking for a different role. What are the kind of questions that you'd ask someone to, who's in that position and wondering what to do? Well, I think from the scenarios you've set out, one of the first questions I would ask is probably how come they've got to this point? Um, you know, if a pastor no longer wants to lead a church or a uh, CEO who, um, I think you said, looking for a different role, you know what? What is what is is uh, what are the factors behind this? You know, sometimes you know work gets to a point where it drains you, um, uh, where it, it where they feel no longer valued, they feel no longer fulfilling in their work. So the question would be: Is it the role, or is it, it is it themselves and their gifting don't don't fit, or is there a combination there where they need to work it out? So it's a question of actually saying. What is pushing you out? Uh, not pushing, but I, I often, when I'm talking to folk, look for a, a push and a pull factor. A push out, in other words, there are elements within this particular role that I'm fulfilling that perhaps no longer seem to fit. And there is that sense where there's a sense of call or a sense of needing to move on in ministry that moving them out, but also a pull into something new. So in other words, if they're leaving a position, what are they leaving for? So it's, the next question would be, what is their understanding of where they should be going to? That's a question I'll be asking. So it, when I work with somebody in this sort of context, I'd be looking to them to say, well, what's your personal mission statement? You know, if they are a leader already, then they will have had some understanding of who they are in God, what God has given them as gifts, and maybe that sense of their overall life calling and ministry that will guide them into something new. Then you look at things not only about the gifts, but what's the evidence of the gifts, if as a teacher, we expect people to be built up. If, we, if they've got gifts in evangelism, we expect people to be drawn to the Lord. You know, there are a whole range of things that you look in that sort of way. And also, very key on all these things is endorsement. You know, what do those wise men and women of God say about the situation? So it would be a case of helping them reflect upon their situation, what's pushing them out, what's pulling them into something new, and then using the evidence of their life and their gifts and their experience to actually say, based upon this, this would be a good way to move forward. And, of course, some, for some, change can come by adapting their present role. So yes. maybe there's frustration because they're not doing enough of something. And the, the present role could allow for that if they were able to negotiate either with their board or their, uh, their fellow elders or, yes. or whoever. Yes, I think, that, I think that's a very, very important thing. And I, I've been through this myself. Um, sometimes you can get drawn into all sorts of good things, but are they the God things? Um, and sometimes you realize that perhaps you, you've moved off center, but you've moved away from that, that main focal point of what you should be doing. Um, and one of the things that I would look at with, with folk like that is actually saying, you know, where are the, what are, where are the gainers and where are the drainers? In other words, what energizes you will actually give you an indication perhaps where you should be focusing. Um, I think it's Alec Lindley 
who wrote a book, The Strength Book. Um, it's not a Christian-based one, but it, the, you know, the premise is actually in order for fulfillment, um, you know, and I think there should be a level of fulfillment for Christians using their gifts in work and service. You know, are we maximizing in those areas of gifting or are we just working in those areas of competency that actually may be draining? If that makes sense. In other words, you know, there are ways of adapting. And the whole thing is not only for the individual to understand what makes them tick, what God has given them to use, but also in discussion with those around them, those in the team they may be leading, those in the leadership or the an oversight of a, of a ministry, to actually say, look, if you want to get, get the best out of me, it would be appropriate for me to focus upon this and let's find other ways of dealing with the issues that are a drainer for me and therefore making me ineffective or at least or less effective than I could be. So I would actually encourage some folk to learn to adapt to focus on their strengths, maybe using a coach, a Christian coach, um, someone to help them work through and, and discover again that, that passion and drive and the energy that they can they employ in the work they're called to. Thanks, Paul. Now, a couple of questions as we, we finish, sadly, is that time's almost defeated us. But um, okay. one is really regarding the transparency, uh, if things have gone pear-shaped. Um, yes. You know, someone's moving on, it hasn't gone particularly well, but they know that if they kind of articulate a tale of woe, that that would probably put them in bad standing with a potential employer, whether that be a church or charity or business. Uh, and, and obviously, we're not suggesting one lies, but... you. Uh, just how how transparent should we should we be being, being about the difficulties that we face? Because sometimes there's confidentiality there involved that yes. that you can't really easily share. Um, can I just clarify the question here? Um, and the in the sense of of transparency for potential new employers, or is it? Are we talking about honesty within the current context? No, it's for the, for new employers. So you right, okay. you go to a new job and. Um, you know, what would you say about your past <laughs> if it's gone really I, badly? Well, yes, I appreciate that. There, well, as you indicate, there are various factors involved with that. Um, as Christians, I would hope and pray that we are we, we actually communicate with integrity and transparency. Now, sure. that, is, that is a given, I suppose. Mm. Um, but again, one needs to be wise in, in light of what you're, what you're doing. You need to bear in mind, okay, is there bitterness? Is there problems with regard to history? Uh, against those that you have worked with mm. that, that I would ask or encourage people to be circumspect about. But then there are times when, uh, in a confidential context, a, a potential in, uh, employee should be sharing with a potential employer you know, where things have gone wrong. Um, I think sometimes th- these days we actually are just building up for ourselves trouble in the future if uh, such transparency cannot be um, maintained in that sort of relationship. So, it, again, it does depend upon the relationship that is, is developed. And if a person hides issues about, you know, where things have gone wrong in their, their work in the past and so on, we know in the future it will come out, and it's best to be dealt with earlier on. Whether it's in a, often within the work we deal with, we actually relate to those involved in the mission context, international work, um, and if they've stored up problems from the past, it comes out a few years down the road, and their ministry and the, their ministry they're involved with can be ruined. So I would really encourage transparency, but with 
that level of confidentiality. And I'm not sure that's fully answered your question. No, it's, re- it's enormously. I think that's enormously helpful. And I think, um, you know, that as you say, that within the wider context of the church in the UK, yeah, that that's very very helpful. That that we we're wise not to bury stuff. <laughs> um, oh, clearly, because then I we mean, can can then can be dealt with, and you know, um, and we can be circumspect as appropriate uh, about about the past if. If there's confidentiality involved, yeah. Well, well I suppose too, in one sense, there are a whole range. I know there's another radio program in this. A whole range of issues relating to that is is how leaders are cared for and managed and pastored in the role they're engaged in, and, and problems occur down the road often because they've been, can I say, leaderless themselves. They've been pastorless themselves um, to help them through. And we all know we've seen the stories that have come out in the national press. You know, and the Christian press about Christian leaders who have fallen, gone through difficult times. Uh, why are we shocked? Because, you know, sin within our lives. But actually what concerns me is that the Christians around them in leadership haven't been able to get in and help them in that process. You know, this whole issue, how do you restore someone who's been through that? Um, again, I said another whole topic, but yes, transparency and integrity are critical to who we are as Christians. Well, Paul, sadly, time has defeated us, but um, it's it's been great to chat with you, and maybe, indeed, we, you know, we'll invite you back to, to cover some of those issues, if that's uh, okay. something you'd be interested Delighted. in. But, um, so I've been joined this week by Paul Lindsay, who's the head of Christian Vocations. We've been talking about moving on in your, in your role, in your work, uh, and you can find an archive version of uh, this conversation, including other uh, leadership files, by going to the website. Uh, so do log on and find that out for yourself. So thank you, Paul, so much. Very welcome. And thank you to you for listening. Uh, do tune in again next Sunday at 3.30. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apec at cwr.org.uk. 